even came up with the barbecue, and he's standing up here. I can't even use food. <laughs> so here I go. Before I start, I want to say that from Sunday school to prayer to announcement, one leading up to another, we have all asked God to show us, yes. to change our life. Mm -hmm. We want to have victory. We want to change. Yeah. So I want to share that God said, in order for us to see all that he has, it is far more important for us to hear and to see with the open heart than it is with our open eyes. And along with that, we have to keep in mind that whatever is being shared in the next couple minutes, you have to know that patience is part of it. Mm. Because the patience is the missing piece that is hindering you from seeing your true breakthrough. Mm. Not a breakthrough that lasts for a day, not one for two weeks, but a true breakthrough where you don't have to go back around that mountain one more time mm. because you try to take the shortcut out. Mm. Just like the first time when I first met Pastor Sandra, it was at a women's conference and there was all leaders and pastor's wives there and of course no pressure of being introduced as Apostle Milton's wife because then everybody's like, Right, I, I want to see what she has to say because I've heard him before, right? <laughs> so there was a pressure of, let's not be in his shadow. Mm. But I still want to be very spiritual so that people can look at me the same way. And it was, the conference was a little different in the sense that it was like a talk show. There was a group of us on the stage Pastor Sandra was asking us questions one by one going down the line. I'm sitting there seeing one leader go, two leader go, and I'm like, I hope nobody saw what I was doing through my facial expression, but on the inside I was like, I still don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm up here, they give me a notice three weeks ahead of time, I know the question, I know it's coming, I have nothing to say. And here I am trying to be very spiritual, thinking I'm gonna have a deep word, you know, I'm gonna say something and Holy Spirit is just gonna hit everybody. It's gonna be good. And I look down the line, there's two more till me, I still have nothing. So that was not going well. Then I heard the Lord say, I want you to tell them and talk to them about the game of whack-a-mole. I hope. It didn't show up on my facial expression, but I gave Lord the look. Are you serious right now? <laughs> I'm hoping for something deep and spiritual, and you say whack-a-mole? Like, all right, if that's what you want me to say, here we go, because I'm next. I don't have time to try to come up with something deep for the audience. And this is what he said. Mm -hmm. There is always something you cannot see with your natural eyes, controlling what you can see. If you spend all of your time and energy popping at all the symptoms of the problems, just dealing with those that are occurring 
and erecting in your marriage, relationships, work, and finances to figure out the problem, you will at best exhaust yourselves. When you haven't even begun to tap into the root of where the problem is coming from, you have to pull back the curtain and let the enemy know you got your eyes on him in order to hit him with what will hurt most. Mm. Who, who knew guacamole can be so spiritual, right? <laughs> you will never look at it the same again because now every time I see a child playing with it, I'm like, I know what's under that curtain. Right. Mm -hmm. right. I know what is causing that to pop up. Right. I don't want to get the head anymore mm. that's popping up. I want to get the whole body. Mm. And I want to get rid of it. Because no matter how many times I hit, it's coming back up. Mm. That's good. And that, and that, I'm like, mm, okay, Lord, I get that. But, of course, my pastor always said, don't take a word of a preacher unless they can show it to you in the Bible. So I need a scripture to go with it. So the Father said, Ephesians 6, 12. And I'm reading it in the Amplified Version. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. And just like we've learned from my brother through Sunday school and Pastor Beatty's added to it is that we want victory and there's always something in life that is popping up to try to get you down, mm. try to get you to lose hope. But I don't know about you, but I get tired after a while. Exercise is not my forte. Mm. So having to punch at things all day, knowing that they're gonna come right back, I wanna just get to the root. Mm. I wanna get rid of it. I don't wanna have to go back and forth trying to fight the same things. So of course, you know, after hearing that, I shared that at the conference and I went back and I really meditated on it. How do I change that? I know that's the issue, but how am I gonna change that so I don't have to keep punching at something that's gonna keep coming back? And when I got the answer, I was at home talking to Apostle Milton. I'm like, you know, the Father talks to me in a very direct way. When he throws a punch in love, it hits me right, right in my jaw. There's no wiggle room. I don't know if that's what Pastor Beatus and Pastor Sandra would be okay with me doing with their congregation when I throw the punch. <laughs> because not everybody receives the word that way. As I'm sitting there, and Pastor Vetus came up and said, hey, you know what? I'm a very direct person. I hope you don't mind. I'm like, hallelujah. <laughs> he is flowing with the spirit. You just opened the door for me to throw that punch. This is awesome. So here I go. I know that Maximus, our dog, two-and-a-half-year-old dog is very famous because wherever we go, we always, he's always part of it because I had always thought that 
I can only learn something spiritual when I'm in church. Or only when I'm talking to leaders. But I've learned the most from my dog. My everyday, simple life stuff. And Maximus is a very special dog. He likes to sing praise and worship and I'm not exaggerating because I actually recorded a video where him and I were singing. True. <laughs> he is a very, very touchy dog, as Apostle Milton had shared before. He really likes to be close. Something, a part of him, a toenail, the tip of the toenail has to be touching you. And when we go on trips, he doesn't like that. He gets really anxious. He whines. He don't know what to do with himself, walk around, because he's afraid that we would leave him behind. But he knows that there's this particular bag that I would pack for him when he travels with us. Um, the only reason why he doesn't travel with us all the time is because not every place is pet friendly. So he knows that that bag is my travel bag. And yes, my dog has a travel bag. So when he sees that bag, he knows what it means. He knows exactly what that bag means. Hey, I am going with them. They're not going to leave me alone. And when I'm packing that bag, he would always come and lay right underneath me just in case I forget to bring him after packing the bag. <laughs> and my, my coordination is not the best, so I would always look at him and say, Maximus, and I'll point at his mat, go sit over there. Mommy is packing, you sit over there, I'll get you later. He'll walk over, he'll sit down like a good boy, stare at me when I'm looking at him. I look away to start packing again because of course, mom's in here, you know there's a lot to pack. You know, wet wipes, food, snack, toys, everything. Everything except for the kitchen sink in the, in the house. So I go back to packing. He comes over and he's laying right underneath me again. Look, looking down, hey Maximus, I know you want to go. Go sit on your mat. I'm gonna trip over you. I walk him over, I point at the mat, he sits down. He's looking at me, and as long as I look at him, he's in a good boy position sitting on the mat. Then I walk over to get back to packing. Two seconds later, he's right back underneath me. This happens over and over, and over again, and I finally got fed up. And I just looked down, raised my voice, and like, Maximus, what are you doing? I know you wanna go, there's preparation I have to do, go sit down. I don't have any more patience for this, if you do it again, I'm just gonna leave you home, leave you at home, because I'm packing this for you. And at that moment, I had a revelation through this simple, 
tasks that I was doing at home with the dog. And this is where the punch comes, so just brace yourself, be prepared. <laughs> God said to me, how often is that I try to put you in the right place and try to tell you where you go, what to do, give you that Holy Spirit guidance, try to lead you, and yet you try to rebel against it, ignore it, or refuse to follow the directions I have for you. I have to be more patient with you than you are with Maximus. The positions I put you in is not merely referring to a ministry position, but wherever I planted you in your everyday life. Mm -hmm. And that was when I had no wiggle room. I was standing there and I had pictures of people's faces, situations, where I've lost my patience because my flesh didn't feel good. I wanted to get out of that position because I believe it's not the best for me. I'm not supposed to be there because I couldn't see the bigger picture that God had when he had placed me in that position. Mm. Because I was looking through the eyes that was on my head rather than looking at it through the eyes of my heart with the open heart to see, hey, you know what? The coworker that is going to get on my last good nerve just by looking at me and saying hi. <laughs> I, I don't want to hear them. I don't want to see them. I don't, I don't want to have anything to do with that coworker. Or I'm in a relationship. Two ways. One, either I'm not supposed to be in, or two, I'm in a relationship and I'm looking at it all wrong. Mm. Thinking that that person is there to bless me, to give me something when I'm in that position because God has a bigger picture for me. And yes, that would also include the position you have in church. Just like Pastor Vita said, you don't step into a church expecting God will just put you up as a leader. He has you there for a reason. We all have areas we need to grow spiritually before it is demonstrated externally where we step up to the platform because whatever you do as a leader, whether it is standing here, on the streets, in the parking lot, whatever it is, you're affecting people's lives. And it is... As much as we want to believe that there are more leaders with integrity who's willing to tell you the truth in love, that is one thing that's lacking today. So if you have a leader, a pastor in your church who is willing to nurture you so that you are spiritually mature before he puts you out there, it's because they love you enough to not want to see you fail. 
not because they're trying to hinder you, because the only one that hinders you is you. And because of our eyes looking through the lens of the natural realm, we miss a lot of things that are unsaid or unseen, just like the game of whack-a-mole. We look at God all the time and we see and we focus so much on God's power of what is overtly demonstrated because we can see with our natural eyes. But I want to take a few moments to take a look on the flip side that is equally important that may be one of the characteristics we need to build in ourselves to take ourselves higher in our walk of faith. And that is God's power. And that is God's power of restraining himself from not giving us what we just simply deserve when we sin. We don't see it. We can't deny the fact that it's there. And the other thing is, we, we always focus on the things God did, which is very important because he did a lot of things for us. But there's also things that he chose not to do. And that is why we're still here. And all of that is in order for us to see our lives change, we have to learn how to change the lens mm. of learning to see through your heart rather than your natural eyes. Because we can't expect to receive any uncommon results if all we're seeing are common things with our eyes. Mm. It will come right at you and it will pass you right by. Because mm. you didn't see it coming. Mm. And this morning we went through or over a scripture, John 10.10. 10 about the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Did you know that in your everyday life situation, you're presented with an opportunity to make the decision on if you want to be a thief or if you want to be God's child. Mm. I recently had a situation at work where a coworker and I just had some, let's say, disagreement. And at that point, I, I can choose to remove myself from the situation, get myself out of position, and respond in a way where my flesh is going to feel good. Or I can choose to respond as a child of God, to extend mercy, be patient, and wait it out to allow God to show me 
through the eyes of my heart, why am I in this position and why am I dealing with this individual? Because there's always a bigger picture of why I'm in that position. If I chose to flesh out, I would have took on the characteristic of our enemy. We are placed as the light in our workplace, in our church, on the streets, wherever we go. If I fleshed out, I don't know if that very individual is the one who's going through a challenge that needs the light in their life. I don't know if it's three years down the road, two months down the road, or two days down the road, that she may be the very one coming to me, knocking on my door, can you pray for me? Mm. But if I responded that way, even if that was what she was thinking after all the groundwork I've done up to that point, I would have lost it all. And what I would have done with that one decision is to steal away the hope from her, potentially destroy her life, and she may end up dead, not knowing God because I was the very one placed in that spot to share God with her, but I fleshed out. Mm. Think about all the opportunities you've had when you're on the street in the supermarket. I can't believe, I was looking at that bag of grapes and that person just grabbed it out of my hand. You might not think about it, but when the person see you, they will recognize you. Because there's a light that shines in you that you may not notice, but people from the darkness do. Mm. And that is the very ingredient of wanting to have a successful life not having to keep throwing punches in the air, hoping you get something, hoping you win. But let's pull the curtain back. Because in this time, it is very, very challenging. And that's a fact. It's getting tough, whether it is financially, on relationships, on jobs, whatever it may be, the only way you can win it all is if you look at it from a spiritual standpoint. There is no way out if you look at it through your five senses. Because if there was a way out, the government would have announced it. We wouldn't be where we're at right now. Divorce rates wouldn't be skyrocketed. We wouldn't have to be dealing with abortion. We wouldn't have to be dealing with unemployment because all of that would have been solved by now. We have to look at it spiritually. For me to be standing here, it seems like, hey, you know what, it's very easy. You were sitting on the chair, you stand up, walk over, it was good. Not too much work to put into it. But it is a true battle. And the battle started last night at around nine. nine yeah. I start, my body started getting attacked. It was to the, I started experiencing symptoms. There was ache and pain. I'm, I'm putting heat pads on and I'm praying. 
I, I walked around smelling like a box of mint. I'm like, I need to do something. And when I got here, I can see why. Because if you learn to shift your vision to looking at things spiritually, you've already won. You don't have to throw any more punches because God is going to be the one fighting for you. You just have to learn to look through the lens to see that he is fighting for you and not try to fight yourself through a situation. And why is it that I'm sharing with you that I had to battle to get here? It's because if I had to battle to simply share the message with you, you're going to need to battle to keep it. Mm. All I'm doing is, sit, is just sharing it. And I had to fight to get to here. And that was the easy step. For you to actually keep it, walk it out, when you see that coworker tomorrow, when you go to the grocery stop later, when you walk out the parking lot and someone cuts in front of you, you need to fight to keep this word, to allow it to grow and to see the fruit of it. And there is no condemnation because I've always learned that the message always comes to the leader first. If, you, if you're sitting in here and you feel convicted, let, I can let you know I was the first one. Because when I, from the day I shared about the whack-a-mole story, till this day it's been almost a year, because the conference was last year around October um, or November timeline-ish, it's almost been a year and I've constantly been reminded and convicted of little decisions I make in my everyday life because it matters. No matter how small it may seem to you in your natural eyes, in the spiritual world, it matters. And for this year of time, I can't speak for all of you, but I know I had lost sight of my spiritual battle. I had fell into a spiritual slumber because of what is called life. I got busy. My work needs me. I'm tired. You know, it, it's been COVID. Everything is different. It's not the norm. So it's okay if I just watch service online. It's okay if I don't serve. Because nobody is living the norm anymore but we're supposed to be leaders. We're not supposed to do the norm. We're supposed to be the salt on this earth. We're supposed to teach people how to look at it different so they have hope that they no longer have. And so I want today to be the day that we as brother and sisters, not just leaders, congregation, but brother and sisters, because that's what we are, first and foremost. Iron sharpened iron, we need each other to encourage each other. So I want to take this moment as brother and sisters, as we unite together to say to God, Father, 
We love you enough to make this commitment. Mm. We've asked you multiple times to change our lives, but yet we haven't done our part. Today's the day I want to wake up from that spiritual slumber. I no longer want to fight losing battles. I want to win. I want to come out of this victorious, and I want to be able to stand in front of you and say, I was not ashamed to put the label on and walk it through with my actions to show people that I am your child. No matter what comes my way, I will fight, I will go to war, I will go to battle, whatever it is, I am going to stand on this commitment this day that I will represent you, not just through your power, but also through your characteristics. And we thank you, Father God, for strengthening us and giving us the gift of discernment and thank you for this new, fresh filling of the Holy Spirit to guide us through this journey each and every minute, each and every day, so that every decision we want to make before we say it out or before we act it out, that you will arrest us if it does not line up with what you have for us in your perfect will for us. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.